Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Jo Milmine, and this is episode 151, Going Global. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 151 of the Shiny Bees podcast. I'm Joe. I'm your host, and today is Tuesday the 14th of July 2020. How are you? I hope you've been well since last time I spoke to you. I say that every episode, don't I? Like, I probably need a new, like, catchphrase opening gambit thing, really, but I say the same thing every time. But how? literally, how are you? And if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you'll enjoy hanging out with us today. And if you're a returning listener, thank you as always for coming back and listening to me when someone is cutting flags outside the minute I turn the microphone on. So annoying. There's just no need. It's like a rule of podcasting. If you turn the microphone on, it can be like quiet, birds cheeping in the background, the whole thing. And then the minute you try and record anything, everyone starts doing the noisiest thing they can possibly find to do. Useful, including Sam building a railway in his bedroom. Like, jabbering away to himself. He is like Topham Hat in there, you know, giving it what for. But anyway, we are here. We're back again. And a little bit of an unscheduled podcast break due to accidentally leaving my laptop out in the rain. I know... I was doing yoga with my friend um, Kate, Top Kate from way back in the podcast and we were outside doing yoga and I closed the laptop and I'm always really careful normally and for some reason I closed the lid and I left it on the chair and it was so hot we couldn't do yoga inside that's why we were outside and it poured down when I went for the curry and the laptop was still outside and it got really wet. And then I took it to someone to fix it, who had been known colloquially as Magic Mike, and he's about the most unmagic person ever. <sighs> it's just been a massive disappointment. I'm actually renaming Massive Disappointment Mike, who's done nothing to my laptop, lost four of the screws, lied about the work he's done, and I'm convinced just wants to be in an argument. Like, I think that's his thing, is just to argue about stuff. It's just an absolute Muppet. Muppet Mike, we will know him as from now on. Um, so that's been a bit of a disappointment because obviously there was no availability at the Apple stores to get it fixed because we've all been on lockdown. It was just one of those nightmare things. And I probably, and I did kind of take it to be a sign that I probably need to just, you know, tip my foot off the gas a little bit because I'm not a person that is clumsy, that makes silly errors like that really. It's just not something that I normally do. So it's an indicator that I'm probably caning it a little bit. So I took a couple of weeks. The laptop is still broken. I took it to a lovely guy, Dave, the legend. Dave's are always legends, aren't they? And um, he put all the screw, replaced all the screws for me and checked it over because I didn't trust Muppet Mike, basically, after the shenanigans that went on to have not broken it. And it turns out I was right not to trust Muppet Mike because he'd sheared off some of the screws inside the laptop. And that's why it wasn't progressing or he was making excuses anyway go with peace and love Muppet Mike you are out of my life and 
Dave the Legend is back in. But Dave the Legend hasn't fixed my computer for me completely. It still needs to go to Apple, basically, and to be looked at by them. It's a more cost-effective, I know, cost-effective Apple way of doing it. So I've had no laptop. It's been really weird because obviously I do a lot of my work, all of my work on my laptop and the podcast and, and everything else. So it's been a little bit weird, really. But the good upshot of that is, is that I've properly, after a couple of days of just staring into space, not knowing what to do with myself and a couple of days of absolutely kicking the arse out of using my phone to try and do work, um, I just chilled and started knitting again, basically, (laughs) which is good. So I've made some progress on my compass sweater and I've been looking at uh, some ideas for designs as well, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Otherwise, how how are you getting on with like lockdown or not lockdown? Are we even in lockdown anymore? What's going on? Does anybody know what's happening? I feel like they made a raft of announcements with a load of dates and then just stopped doing press conferences. I've no idea what's happening anymore. Um, Yeah, weird. I now can go to the Indian and go and sit in the Indian for my curry with my Indian fam. And um, I'm holding off. I'm waiting until Millie gets back basically to... Um, crack the seal on that bad boy but otherwise I've not I've not a clue what's happening literally not a clue what's going on outside which is good really <laughs> and yeah it's now the end of the week is the end of term for everyone so hopefully if you've been trying to homeschool and do all that kind of good stuff you know the light is at the end of the tunnel there isn't it or a little bit I don't know it feels like the light sometimes just gets further and further away in many respects but yeah We've made it this far, guys, halfway through July. I don't know what happened to the first half of Mad Dog 2020, but we're still here, still here. I never thought I would survive for this many months on my own, locked up with the children. Like I struggle to do a weekend normally because it's just so miserable, just so miserable being on your own with them. So yeah, we're doing it. We're living, we're we're loving life. And so in the two weeks that I've been not podcasting, I've I don't know if it wasn't planned this way. It just, it just so happened that I also had um, someone in to paint some walls and repair some paintwork and stuff on the banisters and everything because being locked up in the house for so long really stressed me out. Like I could see every single problem that is wrong with the place. So I made a big list and started working through it to get kind of get it fixed and I've had a guy in to decorate. Top lads, top lad, unlike Muppet Mike, um, Jay's good. He he's really good, really good, really pleased with him. He's done a cracking job, and he had the best playlist ever. So you'd just hear him singing away into his nineties tunes in the background. It was really good. It's good laugh. Um, so he's painted my office. So even though my kind of replacement machine arrived, I wasn't in the office because he was busy painting it. I've had it painted stiff key blue, which is a Farrow and Ball colour. Now I did not buy Farrow and Ball paint because it's it's the spare room and it's 50 quid for two and a half litres. I got it colour matched at Valspar and got five litres for 46 quid. Uh, and it looks belting. I'm dead pleased with it. If you're not familiar with the ins and outs of the Farrow and Ball paint chart, and let's face it, why would you be necessarily? Because it's not, you know, it's not knitting wool. Although it probably should be, it's a proper nice colour. Um, it's a dark navy blue, but it's not a too. I'm looking at the wall now, so if it, the the sound goes a bit weird. It's some now staring at the wall. It's a 
it's not petrolly blue either. It, it changes colour depending on what you know, what, what which way the light bounces on it. It's really beautiful. Love it. Quite dramatic. Um, a world away from the almond white dew looks that it was before that just made me want to die inside. It was not an inspirational colour. So that's painted. And I've been looking at how to style everything really because it's a dark colour. So now my reproduction ludis writing desk that i record on with a it's a it's a wood a brown wood desk with a green leather leatherette maybe insert with the gold kind of filigree on it and you know like the little handles um I've got that and I've got a green bank lamp. Do you know the bank lamps? It's like a brass bottom and then it's got a green shade and it's the ones they used to have in old banks. Like, So it's looking a little bit Edwardian Gentleman's Club at the moment, I have to say. And I've also ordered some another set of drawers to match the ones in our bedroom um, that's a bit more kind of chilled and countryfied. It's definitely not Edwardian Gentleman's Club. So I'm sort of agonising over how to style the room now I, I am not a flat lay person like you know this about me like I think flat lay is faff I, I'm not about styling like the knitwear and the, and the wool and everything can't be really be asked with Instagram I think it's a bit of a pain in the ass. but interiors no that is where I will faff I will not faff with flowers I will not faff, faff with like ordering a little you know a little sheet so that you can style all of your your knitting on this this background and it all looks nice like I'm not down with that I am massively down with interiors like I'll I'm, I'm like ideal home love it massively into it so like I've been thinking about all of this um is it going to be the Edwardian Gentleman's Club or is it going to be something a little bit softer and I can't quite decide because the inner me the not so inner me thinks Edwardian Gentleman's Club I love like Scots baronial architecture Victoriana like I'm massively into all of that but it doesn't match this chest of drawers and I've got nowhere to put that chest of drawers and we need that chest of drawers so yeah I don't know I'm gonna do it I've been looking for some prints to put up on the wall because I had a lot of other prints up before but they don't quite kind of go with the look that I'm going for and I've ordered new bedding and I've also been looking at and it's something I've done with the knitting before as well but kind of come into the interiors as well now like all of my choices really are leaning this way and I don't know if if any of you have had this over lockdown where yes we all as I've mentioned you know you get to the point where you question life itself but I've also been looking at things like supply chains um I've shared quite a few things that have come via my friend Kate Hills at Make It British uh, on Instagram, I've been sharing some stuff about Labour Behind the Label, which was is basically like a campaign group for better working conditions in factories in the UK, in particular in Leicester. There's been a big hoo-ha about COVID outbreaks and people being forced to go to work when they're actually sick in the factories in Leicester that are supplying people like Boohoo, ASOS, your fast fashion in the like made in the UK, fast fashion is actually being produced in conditions that are not very healthy, bad ventilation, poor pay, below minimum wage pay for people who have, you know, got, got unstable kind of employment prospects and all that kind of stuff. And not that I buy from ASOS or Boohoo anyway, because I don't. Same with Primark. I don't, I, I, just believe that 
if something is too cheap, then somebody has paid for it down the line. Like there is a cost, there's a price for everything. And if I'm not paying for it as the end consumer, someone has paid for it somewhere down the line. Whether it's like animals, people, environment, someone's paid for it somewhere down the line. It, that, that's just how it works. You can't have something for nothing. I don't believe you can, right? So I've been looking at that and I've been pretty like annoyed at, at that whole thing because I just think that shouldn't be happening in the UK in this in 2020. We should not have those kinds of conditions. And the retailers are to blame. They're the ones who are driving down prices. And the more we buy cheap stuff like that, the more it encourages them to do it. So I've been not, and I'm not knocking anyone that does, that needs to buy cheaper clothing or needs to use those, those sorts of retailers because they've got no choices because, you know, you make your choices based on where you are and what's important to you. Um, but I don't need to buy from them and I don't want to either. So I've been doing a lot of like looking at that from a kind of fashion point of view um, and sharing some stuff on that. And I'll put links to these um, in the show notes for you. So you can go take a look at them afterwards if it's something you're interested in. And, but also been thinking about it from an interiors point of view, because like we find in the knitting world, where something's labelled as being made in the UK and actually the only thing that's happened in the UK is that a ball band's been put on the yarn in the UK and we're being given the impression that it's a British product or a UK-made product, as I prefer to call it, because the word British sort of attracts the wrong types of people these days, unfortunately. Um, You know, we're being conned and we're being misled into making purchasing decisions because of marketing and that's wrong. You know, we should have clear labelling and we should know the provenance of where things have come from. And then we can make an informed decision. And I talked about this a lot with Joy McMillan in an earlier episode. I don't have the number on me. Um, I will put a link in the show notes. But she talked about British wool and moving all of her uh, sourcing of her base yarns to Britain and a lot about you know, quality and, and the effects of the environment and all that kind of stuff in that episode. And I'll link to that. It was a great episode. I loved that one um, in particular because she's really interesting to talk to. And I've been a big fan of Joy's work for a long time. Um, so there's loads of information in that. But also I've been looking at not just my knitting choices. And I, I do like to choose wool where I know where it's come from or yarn where I know where it's come from, who's dyed it, who's spun it, what the supply chain is. And it's a bit easier for us when we make our own clothing and make our own items from that. Then we can know a bit more about, you know, where where it's come from. We've, we've got a lot greater visibility of the supply chain. But we know the supply chain lies. Like we know it's not, I'm not cutting, you know, any mustard here. They lie. Marketing lies. You have to do the research. And, and they lie and they mislead. They lie and they mislead. Both as bad as one another, in my opinion, but they lie and they mislead. So like an example, I bought a cupboard this week from Cotswold Company uh, for my downstairs toilet because <laughs> I'm not rock and roll, I need a cupboard for my bleach. Um, and, you know, the branding, everything suggests it's a British company and they even go as far as to write on designed in the UK on the box. What really annoys me really annoys me is they then put made in PRC on the box. Now I know what PRC means because I've lived there. 
But a lot of people that I've spoken to, I said, do you know what PRC means? Do you know what country PRC is? And they say, no, People's Republic of China. Right? So it's made in China. You, and there's nowhere on the website where it says that. And it annoys me because I'm trying to make these good decisions and I'm trying to buy more expensive products and I'm trying to buy, because I believe a more expensive product means that it's been produced in a way that is equitable for everyone and it's not going to be trashing the environment. But then they're like, hiding it. Don't hide it. It's annoying. Just, just, just stop. And it's not like an anti-China thing. It's an anti, like, the way things have gone thing for me. I'm just like, all of our supply chains are on the back sides because we're bringing stuff from halfway around the world. We shouldn't be doing that. Like we should not be doing that. In my opinion, it's bad for the environment. It's not sustainable. And I think, you know, it should be coming from local. That's why the title of this episode is like going local. And so now I'm looking at how can I do that with the choices I make with my interiors now? Because now I'm not going to go get, you know, the cheapest things that I can get, can get out of Argos that have been made overseas somewhere because I don't have to do that you know I, I don't want to do that I'd rather not have than than do that so you know I'm, I'm then going looking at places like John Lewis that I know they do make say they make quilts they make quilts in Lancashire they actually make them down the road from me and that's cool right because that means people around here have got jobs and they do check the supply chains and make sure that they're you know equitable and, and people are being looked after and paid properly and all of that kind of stuff so I've been talking to my friend Kate at Make It British and we've got kind of hatching a plan for her to come on and chat some more on this podcast about the wool industry. She's like amazing. She's got this encyclopedic knowledge of British manufacturing, particularly fashion and homewares and textiles because that's her background. And But she can tell you, someone who can make anything, she knows the tinsel making factory in Wales, like everything she she knows them personally she knows which are the dodgy ones which are the non-dodgy ones she's visited the factories um and she knows you know a lot of the people the names that we're kind of familiar with like your laxtons and people like that so i really wanted to get her on to come chat about some of this stuff because obviously i'm a uk-based podcast and i appreciate there are listeners all over the world in fact we're pretty big in south africa this week hello my south africa friends um it is a it is a global podcast, but I'm based here, so I, you know I'm going to talk about the things that that I'm doing here, in the hope that it inspires other people to do similar things where where you are, basically. So you can you know think about these things, and you know what to start looking for with this stuff. Um. So yeah, all that is to say that I've been I've been working on interior stuff. I'm actually considering starting an Instagram account that I give a monkeys about. I'm in two minds right? Because I really want an interiors account because there's just so many like little pretty corners of my house that I could take pictures of. Um, Because I do love, I love interiors. I love looking at other people's houses. Like a right move. I am like the biggest right move porn addict ever. I love right move. Looking at what people do with their houses. That's like my hobby. Right move's my hobby. Um, (laughs) Other than knitting. And um, I'm actually considering doing it. But, oh my word, has anyone noticed the the ad targeting at the moment, you're all right if all you're clicking on is knitting stuff because not that many people are doing adverts, like knitting adverts on, it's like your We Are Knitters, Wool on the Gang, Stitch and Story, blah. There you will adverts, right? Your yarn adverts. I clicked on one print shop, like, a, you know, that uh, you go buy a print for your house or whatever. And I'm getting hammered. I'm getting hammered 
every print shop going is advertising to me now. I'm just like, oh, go away. Just stop following me, Instagram. Stop following me. Stop it. It's why I don't want to be on there. You know what I mean? Stop it. So yeah, anyway, I'll let you know if I do start that. I think it'd be called like Banish the Beige or, you know, whatever. It'd be something about, because my house is a new build. I, don't, I wouldn't have ever bought a new build normally because we were moving abroad. Um, and they still break just as much as an old house does, despite what you think. They still need tons of work. But um, yeah, everything was beige when we moved in. Everything was beige. It's just really uninspiring, just be a beige box, basically. Oops. Um, so like I'm on some kind of mission to like kill kill developer beige developer beige should be banned kelly hoppen is a swear word in this house i don't believe in neutrals that are a beige color like i don't want to decorate my house 15 different shades of ready break like porridge is not a shade neither's elephant's breath fire and bulk grief anyway on one completely i will talk more about the interiors choices and make it british and wool and everything later because I've obviously been looking for some nice wool throws and all that kind of stuff so if I find any good suppliers I will be sharing those with you so 20 minutes in not really quite got to the knitting yet but we are going to so it's going to be a quick update of where I am with my knitting stuff and that'll be it basically so seeing as we're already 20 minutes in and I've not done the sting um we're just going to carry on without any little musical interludes and smash straight into the knitting so as i said i have sorry someone's enjoying his railway in the background someone's blowing up his railway in the background it sounds like um but i've got to keep going before that maniac comes back out with his his ankle grinder and those those flags <laughs> so i've been back in my knitting as i said and i went back to working on my compass sweater completely unprompted i think sometimes the more you try and force something the more it becomes a, a big thing and the less you want to do it. And because I've just not, I've just left it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm working on my Snorheed hat instead. That's okay. I'm happy with this. I'll, I'll just work on this. This is, you know, it should be quite quick. I can be nearly done soon. I'm like halfway through it now. And I ended up picking, again, it was like a really weird time. Normally I need to have a bit of a run up when it comes to testing like the length of things the cable that my knitting was on wasn't quite long enough for me to try it on so it needed putting on a longer cable which isn't a big job like in and of itself but in my head it was a big job and I randomly decided when I was halfway through making a robust that I was gonna just put it on this other cable and test it so I did and it, you know it, it wasn't that bad like I actually had it on the other cable by the time the flipping tea was ready you know it's just one of those things where you think it's a big thing but it's really not and tested it and cast off the bottom of that. So I'm now on the sleeves. Can you believe it? So it is really super nearly done now. And I really look, I'm really looking forward to wearing it. It feels like it's going to be super cosy. Um, the yoke is a little bit, I think I've done it a bit tight, to be honest. Or maybe it's just because there's so much colour work on it. It just feels a little bit like a suit of armour. Um, but obviously I've not I've not washed it yet or anything so and I, I knitted the yoke inside out as well and loosely so it shouldn't be like solid or anything when it's washed and blocked but it does feel a little bit like that at the moment and I'm doing it in Exelana DK as I mentioned before which is a Susan Crawford vintage yarn which is a UK yarn and Susan's farm is literally like half an hour up the road so tick VG for the localism 
there for me. And um, yeah, it's going really well. I have been inspired basically by this newfound adoption of the knitting. And I've, I've even been watching some Netflix. <laughs> not watched Netflix since Tiger King finished I don't watch TV I'm not you know it's not like I'm anti-technology or anything there's just nothing I can be bothered to get into I just you know I'm always like thinking or doing or researching or something else like I'm not a person just to sit there and veg watching telly at night like I rarely have time anyway by the time the kids are in bed and everything else so it's not something I really do but I started watching like again interiors programs we watch this one called stay here it's they go and pimp up these airbnbs that are, are dreadful and then the interior design them and redo the marketing and everything i've been watching that while i've been doing this knitting so it's felt quite indulgent to be honest um in terms of like i don't watch netflix and i don't get much chance to sit and knit but i have been have been doing that so because I've been so into it I've been thinking about what I could knit next because I'm going to be done with with that soon and I've got a few plans like I have um some projects lined up but I thought I'd go and check if Ravelry had sorted their lives out yet and and log in and I've noticed that they've they've not quite sorted their lives out um I don't know what they're doing with that website but they're annoying everyone while they're doing it. I have got some sort of plan for how I'm going to approach dealing with that, to be honest with you. I, I hoped by now, like a couple more weeks later, that there might be some more positive progress in terms of that. But I'm I'm just not not really seeing that that happen, to be honest. So yeah, I'm looking at a few things, a few ideas. I will get back to you on that next week because there's a lot that needs thinking about about how to get around it um as I talked about last time so for now I'm I'm going to warn you when I'm sending you to a link on Ravelry and anyone that has links off Ravelry I'll be linking to those rather than the Ravelry link so if you've got your own designer website and I've got a link I will be from now on linking to directly to your site or your pay hip or whatever else you're using to deliver your products. And I will not link to the Ravelry site, but I may go on to Ravelry to research things because that is, I'm, I'm just not going to find stuff otherwise, it's, it, you know, unless I spend hours and hours on it. Um, it does make me feel a little bit weird that I can't have the new version on. And even the, um, the old version is still quite, burns your retinas a little bit. They've definitely done something with the contrast on there. Like, don't give me that. <laughs> so yeah, I will, I will come back to you on that. So I've been having a bit of a look. Now I found 8-Bit Geek Along, right? It looks like quite good fun. I'm clearly like, I don't know what's going on with me right now because I'm actually considering joining in with a knit-along, a mystery knit-along at the same time everyone else is doing it. I mean, who am I? That's just not what I do. It's following the crowd. No, Joe. Um, but yeah, I'm considering it because I was I was looking at fan art for, well, I wasn't looking at fan art. When I was looking at the art for The Spare Room, uh, I found some Zelda ones. I love Zelda and this really cool like futuristic but 80s neon-y print and I was like oh I really like that 
And I also, whilst digging around in the spare room, found a lot of cotton. I don't know what I was thinking. Like cotton to knit a blanket. And I was going to do a load of squares that were like Zelda and Mario and Sonic themed. They're actually dishcloth um, patterns. But I thought, well, dishcloth, that's a square. Afghan squares, they're squares. That's no difference. I'll just do them on a tighter gauge and jobs are good in. Anyway, I'm not, I'm very clearly not going to knit it in cotton. I'm just, it's, that's just foolish. It was a silly idea when I didn't know anything about knitting um, and how much cotton hurts your hands if you're going to knit an entire blanket out of it. So I, I've, I, I've just got a bit captured by this idea because it's a jumper. So it's a, a geek along, but a jumper. Now the geek alongs have been going on since 2013 and have been like Afghans and blankets for all sorts of other patterns that I've I never knew about before. I don't know how I've kind of missed this whole thing, but I clearly have. And um, just spotted it when I was having a mooch around on Ravelry. I was on Ravelry today and found it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to get involved. It's got a little Mario star on there. That's the swatch. So there's obviously like a Mario star, something to do with the pattern. Quite excited about that. So I'm going, I'm going to get involved, I think. I know, I'm quite ner- like surprised not nervous, but just just a bit like Joe, what you want. Um, it starts on the 2nd of August. That's when the first clue drops. But this watch is available now. It's free. It's a free mystery knit along. But the only place I've found where the pattern is, is on Ravelry, I'm afraid. There's some talk about it on the website from the designer. The designer is Lattes and Llamas. It's Megan and Llama who's designed it. She does have her own website. I will link to her website in the show notes and I will link to the Ravelry project in the show notes. But be aware, obviously it is a Ravelry link. So if you've got any problems with that, um, come ask me, I'll help you. Or um, yeah, let me know if there's anything I can do to get stuff off there if you if you can't get to it yourself and you need it. And yeah, quite excited. I might, I might well do it. It's a sport weight jumper. It could be really cool. But then I started looking through her back catalogue as well. And it turns out she's also an indie dyer. Um, but she's done some awesome colour work stuff as well, including the Queen Bee Pullover, which I feel like I need. If I'm going to be shiny bees, like I need a shiny bee Queen Bee Pullover. Do you not think I need a Queen Bee Pullover? I think I need one. It looks really cool. That pattern is $6. And there's also some Queen Bee socks as well. So I can totally see those in my future. Again, only on Ravelry. But hopefully they might be available on her website at some point soon. So yeah, go check all of those out. The other thing I've been considering is some some of Susan's patterns, Susan Crawford. She's got a new website at the moment, brand new, that's just been launched, I think last weekend it might have been. And it looks awesome. I've just been knitting with her yarn and I've been talking about some of her patterns from the Evolution collection. I'm planning on knitting um, Orchideshi from evolution with my nurturing fibers well I've talked about that in the last couple of episodes and um, but I've also been like revisiting some of the more vintage stuff um now I'm not a massively vintage vintage person when I was into more vintage I was definitely into more like 70s type stuff but I've been thinking I don't again not sure if it is the mini related mid- midlife crisis although I'm definitely not midlife I'm only 37 I will not be dying at 74 um but I've been thinking about, I used to spend a lot of time wearing vintage clothes, vintage knits, um, a lot of V-neck jumpers, like V-neck, um, not jumpers, what do you call them? Tank tops, tank tops. 
tank tops was my thing. And I feel like I just need to re-embrace the tank top a little because think about the amazing custom tank tops I can now make because now I'm like a proper knitter again. I can make these amazing custom tank tops. I'm going to be so cool. I'm going to be driving my mini. Like I'm going to be young again and vibrant and all of the things, right? Yeah so excited. So I've been looking at some of, you know, her patterns for, for that really. There's a couple that I really like. Um, the Jan sweater is awesome. That's like a, uh, it's got a, the V eyelet patterns on it. It looks quite seventies. It's not seventies because the book that it's from, I think only goes up to 1959 from memory. Might be 69. But I think it is from, not Vintage Shetland, a Stitching Time Volume 2. And it's basically, it's a wide boat neck with a, a ribbed waist and kind of cropped, a little bit cropped, not too cropped because I don't like anything too cropped because I'm only five foot two. So like anything too cropped makes me look a little bit ridiculous. And um, it's also got uh, elbow length sleeves, same front and back. And then it's got like an eyelet pattern that makes it into V's. It looks quite 70s, even though it's not. I really like it. So I've been wanting to do one of those for ages. And there's also the Sunray ribbing pattern, which is this super cool, like really vintagey, but something you could definitely style and dress to be of today uh, that apparently was on the, the Great British Sewing Bee recently. So I've not even been watching Sewing Bee. Can you believe it? That's how little telly I watch. But it was on there. And that is really cool. Like, I really love the styling that she's used for all of the stitching time stuff. Some of it, you know, like I wouldn't make because I'm not that vintage. But some of it, I could definitely get into my new mini driving. Super cool. Blonde streaks. I've got now I've got blonde streaks in my hair, guys. Literally after having red or dark brown hair for 17, 16 years. 2004, I changed it. Um, yeah, embracing the blonde again. Like I'm going full, I'm going full on. Like, I, you know, what can I say? I don't even care. I'm not even sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace all of that. So some cool patterns to look at there. What I might do in the next episode is pull out a few of my favourites that I think are quite versatile in terms of not too slavishly vintage. Um, but if you love the vintage looks, like she's got some awesome patterns for that. She's so cool. Um, so you'll find all of her stuff at vintage, no, susancrawfordvintage.com. Got vintage on the brain, vintage on the brain. I need a trip to Aflex Palace and Pop Cafe and I need to start wearing cords again that sweep in the Manchester gutters and carry all the rain. I've already got some Adidas campus. I'm back wearing campus trainers. It's been a gradual process. It's not just a lockdown thing, but I'm, I'm properly re-embracing younger, more vibrant and exciting Joe. So yeah, anyway, that's all I have for you this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you want links to any of the things I've mentioned, you will find all of those in the show notes that will be at shinybees.com forward slash 151 for this episode and any other episode. It's always shinybees.com forward slash the episode number if you need the show notes for that. So I hope you'll have a lovely week. Happy crafting, and I will speak to you all again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode are at shinybees.com forward slash 151. 
If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And if you'd like to contact me, I am info at shinybees.com or at shinybees on all social media. Thanks for listening. I need a drink. I need a friend.